0: Hello, and welcome back to iCare Outreach Moving Through Podcast. Thank you for your continued support. Once again, you'll hear from Pastor Rob Turner, educator and founder of iCare Outreach, located in downtown Bridgeport, Connecticut. Today, Pastor Rob will finish part three of Entrusted Responsibility. He will share that our master knows our gifts and ability And God can interpret our results. God can interpret our methods. And God can interpret our motivation after his own spirit. God is asking the question today of all of us. What is your temperament? Hi, I'm Robert Turner. Thank you for joining with us. In our times together through these podcasts, we've been sharing messages with Truth Nuggets of Moving Through Life. Today we will finish the third part of our current series on the parable of the talents found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 14 through 30. In this podcast, our focus is on the last servant, who was given only one talent, and we will consider the practical application of this parable for our personal lives of entrusted responsibility. Jesus is telling a story that revolves around a man who, before going on a long journey, assembled his own servants and gave each varying amounts of money to invest for him according to their own ability, answerable upon the master's return. They are asked to make commercial use of the master's possessions while he is away. To one servant, he gave five talents. To another he gave two talents, and to the third servant he gave only one talent. Listen to the last ten verses of the parable. I'm reading Matthew 25, verses 20 through 30 in the New Living Translation. The servant to whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. The servant who had received the two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I have earned two more. The master said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Well, then the servant with the one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant and gathering crops you didn't cultivate. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked and lazy servant. If you knew I harvested crops I didn't plant and gathered crops I didn't cultivate, why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten some interest on it. Then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one with the 10 bags of silver. To those who use well what they are given, even more will be given, and they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken away. Now throw this useless servant into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The meaning of the parable extends far beyond financial investments. In New Testament times, the Greek word used in this text, talent, talent, was a unit of exchange. A talent could be of gold, silver, or copper, each with its own value. For God has given each person a wide variety of gifts and his expectation of us is to employ the talents, the gifts in his service. He has entrusted us with the competent provisions to responsibly use as we are moving through life. And like the three servants We do not have gifts of the same degree. However, God has gifted each of us gifts of refreshing, purposeful opportunity to invest. In this parable, each servant is entrusted with the care of what they were given. And the amount given is based on each servant's ability. The first two servants understood the instructions as well as the character and the temperament of their master. They both used the resources to double their master's money through their wise, mindful decisions. The master praises the true, trustworthy servants with the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. The third servant accuses his master of being a harsh man. We see in verse 24, the servant is saying that the master is exploiting the labor of others by harvesting where he has not sown. Notice his temperament. He interprets everything after his own spirit. He began with less than the others had, yet he was treated according to his own ability. Our master knows our ability. We can see the influence of his temperament being with a critical spirit of the largeness of his master's purposes and dealings. Serving his master with entrusted responsibility was the bottom priority. And it begs the question to ask, what can it be said about us? What can it be said about you and I? This third servant buried the one talent he was given. Should he take the risk of trying to increase the one talent entrusted to him? Would he see little of the profit? If he failed and lost everything, he would incur the master's wrath. In a spiteful act, he returns to his master what belongs to him. No more and no less, we see in verse 25. What the servant overlooks is his entrusted responsibility to his master and his obligation to invest what was given to him. His failure betrays his lack of love for his master which is masked by blaming his master and excusing himself from the responsibility. You see, grace never condones or excuses irresponsibility because even those who are given less are obligated to use and develop what they have. In essence, the servant buried his trustworthiness and faithfulness. So the master allows the servant's own words to condemn him, which proves his guilt in verse 26. If the master was so hard or harsh, shouldn't the servant have put the money where it would have been relatively safe, earn interest and require no work? In verse 27, the master said, if you knew I reap where I haven't sown and gather where I haven't scattered, then you should have deposited my money with the bankers, and I would have received my money back with interest when I return. The unused talent passes from the servant who would not use it to the one who will. It is given to the man who now has 10 talents, we see in verses 28 and 29. This parable turns on moral quality rather than on ability. It is not about five talents, nor two talents, nor one talent, but faithfulness to all three. It is faithfulness and not the amount which links the talent to the joy of the Lord. A few things to the many the amount of the ability is not the first thing for us to consider it is the faithful use of whatever ability we have our faithfulness to what he has entrusted to us is key and i repent for my unfaithfulness at times digging a hole burying what the lord has given me for his purposes Forgive me, Lord. Forgive all of us, Lord, for not faithfully maturing what you have entrusted. Entrusted means we have been assigned the responsibility for doing something. We have been entrusted to be responsible for what he has given us. These three servants were entrusted with their master's property. So are we. Until the master returns. Verse 19 says. After a long time. The master of these servants came. And settled accounts with them. I realize. Exploring through Matthew 25. 14 to 30. The master really cares about the results. Well done. The master really cares about the methods. Good. The master really cares about the most motivation, trustworthy, faithful, while also realizing, I realize to not use or bury what God has entrusted to us is grievous sin and an accountable offense of not only the loss of neglected resources, but rejection by the master, banishment from his presence in tears and gnashing of teeth. As the parable ends in verse 30. Let us pray. Father, you care about our temperament as we move through life with entrusted faith, entrusted responsibility, with entrusted talents. Cultivate a heart of trustworthiness and faithfulness as living sacrifices expressing holy acts of service. We confess our hearts and minds are not always Christ-centered, nor focused on what you, our master, have entrusted to us. Thank you, Lord, for inviting us into a relationship that exchanges our weakness for your grace-filled sufficiency. We ask you to cleanse our results, cleanse our methods, and cleanse our motivations.